You know, when you need CBD, vape juice, or new mod, go to Vape Scorpion. 10859 Boston Avenue, Philadelphia, PA 19116. They are formerly known as East Coast Vapor. They have all your needs, all the equipment, all the juice. And hey, while you're there, sit down, enjoy a beer, bring your own, and just hang out with a bunch of cool people. So guys, if you really need your next vape machine, or maybe you just want to try a locally made uh, juice, Make sure you hit up Vape Scorpion. That's 1085 Boston Avenue, Philadelphia, PA 19116. Or give a call to 215-464-8273. Oh yeah, and make sure you let them know that Realm of the Mist Entertainment sent you. Hi, this is Eddie Beeson. You're listening to Breaking the Fourth Wall. I was Mandark in Dexter's Laboratory. Ha 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 Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome you are listening to Breaking the Fourth Wall on Realm of the Mist Entertainment. Well, thank you. That's wonderful to hear. Now, you are on this show for a, a special purpose. Um, you know, mm-hmm. I I was told that you have a lot to tell people, and I really would like to help you tell as many people as possible. So we're going to jump right Thank into you. it here. And first, I, I want to ask, um, what is it that, you, that you're currently doing? Okay, I'm a psychotherapist, and I started actually in the field in 1979. So I've been around a long time, and I also went through a period of giving up my practice, um, in private practice. And I'm a recovering drug addict for 32 years, and I'm also an incest survivor. And so in my work, I deal with post-traumatic stress disorder, and I frequently see people in crisis in trauma as well as abuse. And sexual abuse is one of my specialties. And my book, My House of Lies, is really about me recovering from childhood sexual abuse and incest, uh-huh. as well as addiction. Well, that, that sounds, abuse. yeah, that, that sounds like such a uh, hardship to overcome. You know, it was, and at the same time, I am so grateful that I found recovery and that I was able to tell my secret, that I was able to heal. And there were a lot of different aspects to my healing. But one wonderful gift is me doing art now because I buried art when I was a young teenager. That's when I cut off from myself my ability to paint and draw. So... You know, you get a lot of rewards when you open up these boxes that you hide inside yourself, from yourself, and um, in each box contains pieces of trauma or maybe abuse, and when you open it up, you find many gifts that are inside that you might not have known before, so I am really grateful for it all. Wow. What was it that 
you know, uh, well, I'm trying to think of how to put things into word. This is such an amazing story to, to get through. What was it that finally made you say, I need, I need help. I need to get things in order. Okay. I did what's called the geographic. And typically, and anybody listening that knows anything about 12-step programs, you know, drug, uh, Narcotics Anonymous or Alcoholics Anonymous or Food Addicts Anonymous, anything with 12 steps, it's called the geographic. And what I, I was living in New York, and I had a full-time practice, and I was traveling, I was doing uh, scuba diving at the time, and I really was... I ran in the New York City Marathon. I did all these things that made me believe that I was really functioning well. But really what I was doing was medicating myself with drugs. So I was coping and functioning. I was very high functioning, but behind closed doors, I was medicating myself. So I would use sleeping pills and I'd use Valium and an assortment of other drugs when I was younger, but, but I would say sedatives really and painkillers were my thing once I, like from about 1979 or 1980 on. And I was 37, 36 when I moved from New York. I made a decision. I thought what was wrong with me was the atmosphere I was living in, that somehow, because I grew up in Merrick, Long Island, I grew up in the cold, but I loved the warm weather. <laughs> so to make a long story short, I grew up skiing, and I loved skiing, and I grew up boating. We went on boats. I had a very idealist-looking childhood. See, that's part of the problem, because mm-hmm. it looks so good on the outside. And so I moved to San Diego, and... It's called the geographic. You know, I thought I had to change my external atmosphere, that somehow if I was closer to the beaches, if I was closer to scuba diving, if, if I had beautiful weather, then I'd be okay. That, that's what was wrong. I wasn't really acknowledging internally how I was escalating out of control. And the more I was getting out of control the more in control I looked. So I would fight and I would do all these things that looked like I was doing really well. You know, I put on my nice outfits and I'd go and see my clients. And in that respect, I was functioning well. But what was going on in the meantime that I didn't understand was I was, that there was a deep, stirring inside me that was starting to unravel and it was about coming into contact with sexual abuse. Mm. I had amnesia. So I was 36 and I had no memories of being sexually abused. I really thought I had a good childhood. So I told, you know, I grew up around this kind of story that my family portrayed, but it was a lie. That's why my book is called My House of Lies. Because I grew up I grew up surrounded by lies and I I really didn't know what to believe. So I believed what was easiest to believe. And children have abilities 
to dissociate from the pain that they're experiencing through fantasy, through all sorts of means of escape. So when you're in a lying environment and no one's telling you, I'm hitting you over the head with a hammer and that lump that you have, it's really painful and you feel the big bump, but nobody's holding the hammer. So you kind of grow up in this craziness. And I, I really didn't know what to believe. So I medicated myself when I got older in my later teens with drugs and alcohol and men and all sorts of things, food, you name it, I did it. And so by the time I got to San Diego, nothing was getting better. Oh. I got into, I got into a practice again. And it all looked good. I started going on diving trips with, you know, scuba diving people. And I started building this kind of community for myself here. And while I was doing that, my terror was increasing at night. So I was shoving down more sleeping pills. I was quieting my anxiety during the day with more Valium. And I read the book. It's called uh, Dancing as Fast as You Can, and it was about a woman addicted to Valium. And it took me the whole year to actually realize, really, maybe I have a problem. And denial is phenomenal. I mean, it's a, you can be very intelligent and be very stupid at the same time. I mean, denial is like ignorance, you know, mm -hmm. about yeah. oneself and so I ended up um, sitting on the bathroom floor, throwing Valium into the toilet bowl, throwing my sleeping pills away, sobbing hysterically. And I was so fortunate because the woman who rented the apartment to me was the manager, and she was an Alcoholics Anonymous. And I knew I had to change my life, and I just knew she had some answers for me. And I don't even know what, I guess my inner, my deeper self I was listening to. And I was realizing that if I don't change this, I'm not going to, I don't want to live. I can't keep going the way I was going. Everything kind of caved in at that moment. And I realized I was really living a lie, a tremendous lie. And I didn't know what that lie was. I just knew I was living a lie. And she took me to my first meeting. I rang her doorbell. I slept on her couch. And I went to my first Narcotics Anonymous meeting. And I said, hello, I'm Lori. I'm an addict. And when I said that, it was like a seismic uh, reaction inside me. There was this sense of, wow, this is the first time I'm telling the truth mm -hmm. in years and years. So... From there, I started remembering being sexually abused because I wasn't medicating myself anymore. Yeah. So that really was the long and short of it. <laughs> wow. That's just powerful. And and the fact that it was very fortunate that your neighbor, or um, I don't yep. know if you want to call her neighbor, but, you know, the neighbor manager, yes. you know, it was very fortunate that... Um, tragic as well that she had to be in something like that but fortunate for you because otherwise things never would have went the way they did I don't think right I don't think so myself right I, I it was like the timing 
You know, I realized in these past 32 years of my recovery that timing that's meant to happen is going to happen. You can't fight against it. It's going to happen if it's supposed to happen. Exactly. And that's true. That's true in everything in my life. When I don't push against anything and I just allow it to be whatever it is, it works out. I'm led to where I need to be. It's when I'm not listening that I'm not hearing. Right. And I was listening. I was on my floor listening, you know? Yeah. So what advice would you give to somebody that's, you know, maybe listening to the show right now and they're not as fortunate and perhaps maybe this is their time? What what advice would you give them? How, how should they start looking inside well, themselves? If this is a time for anyone who's listening, there's a couple of things. One is there are many 12-step programs if you have addiction, if you have if you're having a problem with alcohol, drugs, eating disorders, it doesn't matter what. There are 12-step programs throughout the world that really deal with addiction. And if you think you might have been sexually abused, and a lot of times people have trouble with this because especially when you're a child being abused, you think you're making it up. So it takes a lot, it, it, usually people doubt themselves when they say, I think I was touched or I think something happened, but they're kind of confused about it. Mm-hmm. I would say if people wanted to reach out and call me directly, I am more than welcome to talk to somebody. I can give you my number afterwards or I can give it to you now, depending on if you want it. Um, is that something... I can do right now with you on the phone. Uh, if you would like to give out your number, that's absolutely fine. Um, I usually reserve a little bit of time at the end um, for you to do okay. that if you'd like to do it then. I'm also going to put links for anybody that's listening. I'm going to put links to right. Lori's book and how to contact her and social media and everything. I'm going to have that all posted up. So if you are okay. experiencing... No, not a problem. Yeah, and if anybody out there is experiencing any of these feelings or thoughts or anything like that, you know, reach out to someone. Don't don't bottle it up. Don't yeah. hold it in. No, so. and the, the thing that I want to say is how does somebody start to deal with this? The first step is telling. And mm-hmm. healing can't begin until you tell. And telling isn't just, it's, it's revealing the secret that you're holding inside yourself. And it's not just the secrecy of I'm a drug addict hiding addiction, which, or the alcoholic hiding drinking, or the bulimic hiding throwing up in the bathroom. It's, it's also a sexual abuse survivor absolutely needs to tell because if you don't tell, then you continue to live if you're abusive. Because it's the silence, it's the secret that you're tied to your abuser in that secret. And recovery is painful and hard, but without it, you live in its effect, whether you think you do or not. And I used to think that, you know, the effects of my sexual abuse and addiction was my DNA. I thought, okay, this is just my makeup. This is who I am. Instead of 
No, I was the person in hiding mm-hmm. deep down inside myself, and everything else were, were the symptoms and the effects of abuse. And sexual abuse has long tentacles, and know that people will say, but it's in my past. Why do I have to deal with it? it, it I don't want to bring it up because it's so painful. Right. And I say to them, you're living it in the present. Because who you are is a combination of what you've learned in your life. So if you're a child coping with sexual abuse, those coping skills you're still using as your adult, in your adult behavior. And so you think it's in the past, but it's not because the fears that live inside you never go away. They may be come out in sorts of in all different kinds of ways, but they're there. So it's not in the past; it's alive in the present. And you know, people need to tell their story. That to me is the greatest aspect of healing: is coming out and telling your story, because you get to heal from shame. You get to face the fears of telling on yourself and exposing who you are. And that to me is the beauty of program. It's healing in the, you know, it's coming out of secrecy and it's exposing yourself. There's tremendous healing in that. And don't get me wrong, it's scary, but it's healing at the same time. Mm -hmm. As somebody who's actually done it, like you, you are firsthand knowledge of this. So, you know, if anybody, yeah, yeah. if anybody's listening to, you know, and wondering and thinking about it, I mean, you're the, you're the woman to talk to. You've, you've done it and you know what you're talking about. So, yeah, I really have done it and I really know what it's like to be that person needing to reach out. Yeah. I really do. Well, we scary and I know that it is. We've talked a, a little bit about your book, and we've talked about the scariness and, and the darker side of things. So um, what if we change to what happens after? So you've, you've done okay. your, your meeting, and you've let it out. You've gotten that weight off of, your, off of your shoulders, and you're kind of liberated almost at this point. Obviously, there's still a long road ahead, but what, what changed but for the know, better after that? Okay. I remember when I first was got into NA, Narcotics Anonymous, the one thing that I used to say is, I wish I could have peace inside myself. And I didn't really understand what that meant, but I felt like I, my insides were like living in a war zone. I, I picked myself apart. I doubted myself. I mistrusted you know, my actions, I, I, I wasn't trusting myself. I didn't know how to trust myself. Right. And it's awful. It's awful not to trust yourself. And one of the best gifts I've got is I know who I am. It's like such a relief after years of living in this kind of um, secrecy, not just with the outside world, but from myself as well. You know, living in a, in a bunch of lies, it's impossible to know who you are, and it's impossible to feel good about anything. And I've learned to feel grateful. I've learned 
to meditate. I've learned to be quiet and to listen. The gifts that I've gotten are about feeling my own strength and feeling that I don't have to fight with myself, that I can let go and just give in and not have to question everything I do. That, to me, means more than anything else that I've ever achieved in my life. And the other thing that I feel like that's so exciting is that I got in touch with art, and I love painting and drawing. And I gave that up as a child. I mean, literally at 13 years old. Wow. And in my book, I have a number of examples of my art that I've done in my recovery as I was trying to get to know myself. Okay. So listen, you know, there's nothing better than that. There's nothing that, and then I adopted a child and I had several miscarriages. And what I've learned is that every loss that I have gone through, I have gotten such rewards from walking through the loss and not running from it. Right. You know, I got a wonderful child that I wouldn't have had if I didn't miscarry. So every, every loss that I've gone through in my life and including the loss of innocence as a child. I mean, that was the biggest loss that I think I I went through. The most profound loss is the loss of my childhood in certain ways and the loss of myself loving art and never doing it. Wow. So this is, it's it's exciting stuff. It's, it's to me, it's an, it's an inside excitement. Yeah. I mean, that's great, though. You, you've been able to get rekindled with your expressive side, and that's amazing. There's absolutely yes. nothing greater than that, you know, as someone who can appreciate art or someone who can do art. I mean, we all have the capacity to do art. Don't let anybody tell you otherwise. Um, that's great. That's so great that you're able to express it like that. And everything that you've overcome. I mean, I want to really delve into talking about your book, but I don't want you to give away any spoilers or anything, (laughs) you know. Um, There's nothing in there that that I pretty much have. I mean, the bottom line is it really is growing up in my childhood and really as an adult suddenly having memories and flashbacks and having to really look at all these pieces of myself that I lost along the way. Mm-hmm. And that must have been kind of surreal to, you know, it's like when you smell a certain scent or see a certain color yes. and it suddenly comes back. Like that must have been so intense. It, it really was. It was like I'd be sitting in my living room at 37 years old and the breeze might be blowing my curtain. You know, the curtain was kind of like just going in the breeze. And I'd look up at the curtain and suddenly, literally, it was like time travel. I was that eight-year-old in my bedroom looking at the curtain. And I would, it, it, it's kind of like flashbacks are like you're, you're living Whatever happened in the past, you're living it in the moment. Mm-hmm. And it sounds really scary, but it's actually 
it actually was exciting because I was getting to know myself. I was getting to understand all the stuff that I thought was so crazy about me really all made sense. Yeah. I I wasn't crazy. Yeah. Well, that's the good thing, right? Right. Yeah. (laughs) Wow. Yeah. I couldn't imagine being in that situation. I just, you're so strong. You're such a a positive person. Thank you. And and listening Thank to the you. way you talk now, you've just you've grown so much. It, it really, it, I'm impressed. I it's amazing. Thank you. Thank so. you. I've worked very hard. Yeah, and to and to get the the courage to write a book about it. I mean, that's something that I don't think a lot of people would ever. You know, they might go through the steps to make themselves better and find their center and find themselves and and get the healing that they need. Uh, I'm not sure Mm -hmm. that everybody would be so courageous as to write a book about it. So, you know, I got to say props to you. I felt it it was the combination of me being a psychotherapist. Right, right. As well as a survivor. Which is something that you were able to achieve after... You know, you've kind of grown through the adversity, right? Or was that something you were doing while dealing with it? No, I was doing while dealing with it until I gave up my practice to really do much more intense work. But wow. yeah, no, I and I've been very honest with clients about my own road to recovery and what recovery is really all about and what mm-hmm. it takes to change. Yeah, well. You know? You know, I'm not going to sit here and pretend that it's the the same thing. However, I'm going to throw out a little analogy here that if you if you are overweight and you go to the gym and you get a trainer and this trainer has been in the perfect shape of their entire lives, the whole their whole lives. And they're sitting here telling you how to do it and, you know, what's not working for you and what is you're not really going to take them as seriously i don't think but if you got a trainer who was 300 400 500 pounds and has worked so hard to get where they are you're going to take them more seriously and i feel like that's the same kind of situation with you you could go to a psychotherapist and if they've never had if they've had the perfect life you know you you can't relate to that person but someone like you is very relatable you're you're a human being. You're not just, a, you know, someone who's going to analyze the problem. Right. Right. I, I very much am a part of my experience with people. Yeah. I'm very much a part of it. And it's yeah. it's great and that I, you're up front with people about it. Yeah. I, I, that's the big deal that I've always been. And because, you know, it's not school that makes you understand people. It's life that mm-hmm. makes you understand. It's your own traumas and adversities that really make you understand what it means to be human and the commonality in all of us. Right. Yeah. That's so so amazing. So crazy. I just, I can't thank, sing thank your praises you. enough. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. It's been a wild ride, but you came out on top. Yes, I have. And I would tell anybody, take the ride, because there's nothing better 
than finding out who you really are and what you love and what you're supposed to do in life. Exactly. Nothing bad about that. Not at all. And sometimes it's going to get bumpy, but by by the end of yep. the trip, it's been fun the whole time. <laughs> yep. So it's, okay. it's doable. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there there's nothing that people can't overcome if they really put their minds to it. I I don't doubt that at all. I think everybody has the capacity to overcome yes. anything. Yes. And the problem is is that we put negative messages in our belief that well someone else could do that and I can't and I'm not good enough and I'm inadequate and I'm this and I'm that. Mm-hmm. And the truth is when we when you are heartfelt in something, when you really embrace something in your life, there's change. Change happens. It does. That such is yeah, life. Yeah, no, it does. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Um, with the last few minutes here, um, we kind of talked about it before. Mm-hmm. So with the last few minutes here, I would like, um, if, if you would like to anyway, to go through and just kind of, you know, you can, Um, hand out your phone number, your social medias, where people can go to find your book. And like I said, I'm going to post the links to the stuff too. Um, But I just, I want you to be able to get it out there yourself in your own words, you know? Yeah. I, what I really, you know, I look, I'm 69. So social media is a whole new ball game for me. Okay. (laughs) So that's fine. I say to people, I'm out there, but I say to people, easiest way to contact me is the good old phone or email or going onto my website. And really, my phone number is 858-215-2326. That's 858-215-2326. And really, that's my website is lauriegoldenauthor.com and my gmail is lauriegoldenauthor at gmail.com simple 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 you can't you can't can get it wrong if you keep my it simple book, right you can order my book on amazon or you can get it from my website beautiful and if anybody out there is having thoughts of suicide or is unsure of how you might feel, there's always help available 24 hours a day, every day, at 1-800-273-8255. Please do not Absolutely. hesitate to call that number if you need to. And Absolutely. You know, closing things up, I just want to say thank you so much, Lori, for coming on the show. I Oh, you're so welcome. It's been amazing. You really are a strong individual, and I I just have an admiration for you after talking to you. You're amazing. Thank you so much, and I'm really glad that you took that you had the courage to put this kind of a show on because this isn't an easy topic. It is, and you know I'm I'm not doing it for any reason other than to try and help somebody. If I could help just one other person out through this show, I've done my yep. job. Yep. And that's, yep. that's all really I'm out to do. That. That's Good. perfect. 
Uh, again, I just want to say thank you one last time, and thank you to all the listeners out there who tuned in and are giving this a listen. Make sure to go and check out that book. Make sure to follow and like on any social medias that you might stumble across with uh, Lori Golden here. And thank you, and we will see you next time. Thank you. That's it for today's show, ladies, gentlemen, and anything around or in between. Another great interview. Remember, I'm Ray, and this has been Breaking the Fourth Wall. Check me out at Chronicles of the Lost Realm on YouTube, Anchor, and Instagram. I can also be found on War of the Stars, a Star Wars podcast. Become a patron to help us provide even more content and quality entertainment for you. All of our shows can be found on Anchor.fm or wherever podcasts can be heard. Breaking the Fourth Wall is a Realm of the Mist affiliate.